Should we go to your place or...? It's your place or no place, Jimbo. Awesome. Um, awkward. My name's nice. Jim. I mean, it can be. Hello and welcome to this very special bonus edition of Film Nights. It's the first of its kind and we hope to bring you many more like it in the future. So I was lucky enough to be able to travel up to Newcastle and talk to Peter Mackey Burns, who is the director of Daphne, which is a brilliant new piece of British independent cinema, and it stars Emily Beecham as Daphne. So you'll hear my chat with him on the other side of this clip from the film. Sorry. Hello again. When I kicked you out of the club a few nights ago, you called me a fabulous cunt. Oh, yeah, oh amazing. That's fantastic. Well, I don't know about that. But, yeah, no, it's yeah. not fantastic at all. It was a mixed insult, at least. Very uncharacteristic behaviour of me. Yeah, yeah, that's the feeling. No, normally, I'm much more... Um... Uh, pregnant? What? Sorry, God, idiot. No, it's just the, um, the vitamins. None of mine. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, it probably looked like I was about to stab you. <laughs> no, I'm, I've seen worse, believe me. So I'm very happy to be joined now by Daphne's director, Peter Mackie Burns. Peter, thank you for joining us. Hello. Uh, <laughs> delighted to be here. Thank you. Well, I should say that you are actually Film Night's very first interviewee. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry, they can only get better. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so thank you very much um, for your time today. I saw the film Daphne last night um, at a brilliant Curzon Cinema in, in Oldgate in London. And I must say, brilliant experience. It's the first time I've ever been to a Curzon cinema. Um, I mean, you must have been to a few of you. I've been to, I think, most of the Curzon cinemas, <laughs> yeah. maybe with the exception of one or two. It's my favourite cinema. Mm. It, it was actually fantastic because, you know, you go to your multiplexes and they're all, you know, not very intimate and you don't get a lot of people go just for a laugh and they're eating popcorn and making noises. But no, it was great. Everyone was. Fantastic. So um, let's talk about the film then. Just to start, if you wouldn't mind giving us a brief overview about the film, you know, who is Daphne and what is it about? Sure, yeah. Um, Daphne is a 31-year-old woman who's a wee bit too cool for school, who lives in south-east London and who doesn't really like bullshit, other people's <laughs> bullshit, or yeah. her own even. And she's someone that is bad-tempered, foul-mouthed, yeah. funny, I hope, um, relatable. And we wanted to make a film about a character that we thought was relatable and that we weren't really seeing in cinema screens, which is a portrayal of a, a woman, a normal woman mm. uh, in London. You know, so often in movies, the female characters are appendages to male characters and we thought wouldn't it be interesting to just make a film where the woman's story itself is complex and interesting and relatable and feels like life so yeah. that's what we, we set out to do. Yeah well all those things certainly came across for me but how, how did this project sort of fall into your hands because I know you've made some short films before and am I right in saying that Daphne's the first feature length? Yeah, that's right. Daphne's my first feature film. Um, I've made about six or seven short films. Um, I started about ten years ago and I've done a little bit of television and a bit of documentary. Mm. And with this film, a couple of years ago, I made a short prototype version of Daphne. So with the same actor, Emily Beecham, and the same screenwriter, Nicole Mansinga, and we made a 10 minute film based on the character 
and we thought, oh, this character is interesting and Emily is excellent. So we thought we'd try to develop the short film into a feature. Right. And that's how the, 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 the genesis, uh, you know, or, or the progression from short to, to feature came about. Right, that's interesting. So, so for you then, what, you know, what were the biggest challenges that sort of came with making that move from a short film to feature length? Um, it, the biggest challenges were, hmm, that's a good question, I think trying to make and develop the character and make her feel like a real three-dimensional person. Mm. So the way we work is I do a very detailed biography of the character, almost like a novel, and I write everything about them. And we use this to make the character, and I'd show bits of this to Emily, you know, and she'd do some of the exercises. For example, Daphne's character was a English and philosophy student, and she dropped out after first year about 10 years ago. So we asked Emily to read, we got her the reading list for the course and she read the course books. Um, In the movie she works in a restaurant so we sent Emily to work in a restaurant for a while and we touched base with her every few months when we were developing the story Mm. and chat with her about it and ask her to try to do or absorb, listen to the music that Daphne listens to, you know, perhaps go to some of the places read some of the books that she was reading, um, send her playlists, all that type of thing. So we thought that if we made a three-dimensional character, then we'd find a story to suit her, what the character needed to go through. Mm. And and it came from a very simple idea. We asked ourselves, and when I say ourselves, um, I work very collaboratively, so I worked with um, the writer Nickelman Singer, and the producers in this movie were a fantastic company called The Bureau. And there are two producers, um, Valentina Brazzini and Tristan Golliger, and we all worked very closely together. I made the character, and Nico would write the drafts of the script, and we'd talk to each other constantly about that process. And Tristan and Valentina would work very carefully with us in the plotting of the, the world of the film and the, the, the story. So it was it was a great experience working with them. Mm. Really good. That's interesting, that, that idea of having all these aspects about a character, like the dropout and stuff, but you know the audience would never know that. No, that, that's right. Um, I think when you make a character, you know, most of the, the character work, and I like character films very much, mm. most of, you know, 90% of that work you never see. But for it to feel, I think, for an audience that it's real yeah. or realistic, then you have to work on details. And that's because Emily's such a great actress. Lots of those like, tiny details about the character, you know, character is revealed through what she does and thinks and how she moves also as well as what she says. Because often she's a provocative character, so often things she says, she says them for effect. And she might not even mean them. But at that moment, she just feels compelled to yeah. to say to people exactly what she thinks. Yeah, no filter. <laughs> yes, exactly. She doesn't filter. And, yeah. you know, everyone knows a character like that. Everyone has a friend who's a bit of a live wire, perhaps, that doesn't make life easy for themselves, mm. you know. And we thought, wouldn't that be interesting to, to make a character that not only can we relate to today, but she's gone through the same problems everyone 
and I said he goes to I how can a normal person with a normal job and she works as a chef pay the rent mm. you know yeah and we thought well the story is as much about London as it is about Daphne so I'm really interested in cities and I'm especially interested in this particular area um, in London where we set the movie called Elephant and Castle right which is in zone one in southeast London I know the area very very well um, and the the movie Daphne's apartment is where I stayed really yeah Huh. And I lived upstairs. It's my friend's place. And I lived upstairs in their spare room, right. and we rented the flat downstairs. And I lived in there during the shoot. Right. I so lived in there for nine or ten months. So you really knew every nook and cranny. Yeah, all of the locations. I would say eighty percent were maybe within five or ten minutes drive of the apartment. Wow. So I wanted to give a real sense of place, and I wanted to show a corner of. Um, a London that we don't normally see in the cinema. Mm. So if you think of a London movie, you either have Notting Hill, yeah, or you have you know the Millennium. Yeah, that's Hill, right. That, and and that did that did cross my mind actually whilst watching the film because you're absolutely right. When you watch a Hollywood film or other big budget films that that portray London in a certain way, it is always very glossy yeah. and it's always very glamorous yeah. and high end. And yeah, there are areas of London that are that. Sure. But in this film, it was much more the back alleys, the kebab shops. Yeah, South East London. Yeah. And East London, Elephant and Castle, Peckham. Yeah, so it, it definitely had that grounded, yeah. real feel I, to it. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad because we set out to achieve that, and I know the area very well. But we tried to make the film not look or feel like a social realist film. Mm. We tried to use colour, yeah. you know, to yeah. make the audience think oh we're watching a movie here we're not mm. watching a film that's grey or yeah you could you could tell land. the the apartment the flat there were a lot of colours in yeah. there even things as simple as you know the cutlery she was using the bowls sure they were all very um, eye catching yeah uh, the reason for that is everything you see in the film and everything you hear is all filtered through the characters all of the the, the set in Daphne's apartment is all stuff that we got the character to buy. So everything is from, it's an East Street market, the flat's very near East Street market, so the character wouldn't have much money. Mm. And she can barely afford to pay her rent, so everything in our house is second hand and it's from the market outside, so we go to the market and use the stuff we got there in the film. Wow. And that applied to not only the, the design of her apartment, but also the music she'd listen to, so the soundtrack of the movie mm. um, is based on records that she bought from the market. Right. So everything we tried to filter through in a character film, the more detailed it can be, and the clothes, mm. everything's pretty much secondhand. Yeah. Or and I hope it doesn't look it, but it's some it's clothes that someone who was living on a tight budget would buy. Yes, and it, I mean the attention to detail in the film is. It's, it's very noticeable. I was so, well. I worked yeah. with really good people. You know, the designer Mirren uh, Maranon is a great um, production designer, mm. and she's a, a, a Basque, and her sense of colour is excellent. I really like her, and she did a couple of great movies, which we loved. They were big influences on us. A, a movie, a comedy called Appropriate Behaviour, right, which was out I think two years ago. It's a, a terrific comedy set in Brooklyn. 
Mm, it's I love, a very good film. I love that one up then. Oh, it's very funny. Okay. Very funny. And she also designed another great um, this ing- small English movie. And I mean small in terms of budget. It was small, but it was a big art house hit. It was called Lil Ting about four or five years ago. Wow, okay. Which is a great movie with Ben Wishaw in it. Oh, really? Yeah, and I just saw how detailed the design was and I met her and we got on. And every, everyone who worked on the film, you know, yeah. they were excellent, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's let's talk about Emily Beecham then a bit more because, obviously, the lead actress. Some people may have seen her in um, the AMC TV series Into the Badlands. Um, but before production started, how how much did you know about her? Had you seen that TV show, or was it? Sure. Um, I've known Emily for I think three or four years now. Um, I was introduced to her when I was trying to make a little short film and she wasn't right for it, she was too young at the time hmm. but we kept in touch and we became friends so with Nico Mansinga, the screenwriter, I said can we, do you have anything in the drawer, have you got an idea because I want to make a film about a, a, a woman who's going through a bit of a, a funny woman who's going through a bit of an existential sort of crisis in her life you know yeah. and we, the three of us met and we developed that short film so I've known her since then this was just before we shot and we shot the feature film just before Emily went away to do to to the states to do into the badlands all right so we okay. just managed to get a, a window of about a month or six weeks with her well wow, okay before she went off to did, to, did, to shoot did that sort of add a bit of pressure to the shoot or was it just um, no I think it was lucky it really focused us because we mm. knew that we couldn't afford to wait for, you know because yeah, yeah. our schedule would be so busy and we got a great um, little window I think before that she'd done um, before we made the short prototype film which is called Happy Birthday to Me which is um, I can send you a link to that if you want to, okay. to have a look That'd at be excellent, it yeah, yeah the, the film has a prototype version of the character um, it has a different visual style from the the, the feature film, mm. but you can see the spirit of the character and her humour yeah. in there and her bad behaviour. Yeah, well, I was going to say, she certainly brings a lot of confidence um, to the role, you know. She's an extraordinary actress. And yeah. Emily, because she's acting, she's n- if you meet her, she's nothing at all like uh, the yeah. character of Daphne. Well, it was a shame because I was hoping to... I know she did a Q&A in... In London, I think it was last night. She did one at the was it Bloomsbury um, Castle? Yes, and I couldn't night. I couldn't make the showing, but I was so annoyed because I thought, oh, how perfect would that have been to at least have been able to maybe ask a question from the audience? But sure, I think she's doing one on Sunday, oh, which okay. is tomorrow at the Rich Mix. Sure, she's doing one. She's doing one there tomorrow night. Okay, I'll look into that then. Yeah, because you know, real bravado, um, fiery performance. Oh, she's very funny. Yeah. Very oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. Very detailed and she feel to me when I see the character I forget that she's acting. Yeah. And for me that that's the type of acting I like where I just forget. Yeah. And I get involved in what's happening in yeah. the story and Well that's real talent, isn't it, when yeah. when you can't even tell someone's acting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And she's so it's almost as if some audiences think she's a real person. Mm. You know, not Emily, but the character of Daphne yeah. that she portrays, they think, oh, she, you know, yeah. she's real. But the, Emily's an actor, so skillful, she's completely different in every role that she does. Yeah. And the widow, or sorry, the, the character of the widow she plays in Into the Badlands is very different. Yeah. You know, and she was in a, a, a Coen Brothers movie called Hail Caesar. 
Yeah, I've seen that film and I saw she had a credit in it when yeah. I was doing my research. I couldn't remember who she... Sure. Do you know, she's in a scene, she plays like a Hollywood, an English uh, starlet uh, in, mm. a, in two scenes with um, Ray Fiennes. Um, oh. And they're trying, Ray Fiennes trying to get the, the lead guy to yes, speak an English that's accent. that's one of the best scenes in the whole film. Yeah, she's in that scene. She plays the, the woman in this scene. The... Yeah. Who sits oh on the sofa and says, Monte? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it now. Yeah, she's like, she looks nothing like she does in The Widow War. And Would that it were so simple. Would that it were so simple. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, she's in that and she's, so she's unrecognisable, you know, and I really like actors that mm. you realise, oh, you've seen that movie, but you can't remember that person. So mm. I really like that. Mm. I suppose for her, that'd be more, I want to be more difficult, but because she's in every scene in this movie, yeah, you know, I think people might recognise her a bit if if they do mm. pass her. But she's got one of those amazing personas where you could walk past Emily in the street and not know mm. or recognise her. Yeah. You know, so her every day, her clothes and her yeah. her demeanour and the way she yeah. moves and well, it's it's funny you, you say that because there are a few shots in the film, um, sort of looking down onto a street. Sure, and she's walking through the crowds, and you know the, the camera isn't focused on her. But you pick her out straight away. She's got this yeah. red hair yeah, well, and blue jacket. <laughs> yeah, well, the red hair does help. But... Well, that's why we that's why we picked the 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 jacket to with the hair to make it stand out even more. Yeah. yeah. So in a wide shot, like when she's walking through a market or yes, we're on the top of a skyscraper at one point. Yeah. Shooting her, you can see her. Yeah. Because of her walk, but also. Um, the costume design was really good, so mm. we could spot red and mm. red hair and blue jacket yeah. pop out, you yeah, know. Yeah. And when you're working on a low budget film, you have to be think very carefully about the use of colour and the amount of lights you can have because you you know we had to use natural light in the streets. Mm. That was our, our our plan, you know. And I think she's she's terrific. She's really talented. Certainly is. So we, we've mentioned Into the Badlands, um, but Emily Beecham isn't the only cast member to star in a TV series. Um, Nathaniel Martello White um, appeared in Gorilla on Sky. Yes, know. yes, um, indeed he did. Which I ha I'm sorry to say I haven't seen yet because yeah. I don't have Sky. Yeah. <laughs> but I I first saw him in a fantastic play called People, Places, and Things, mm. which is a wonderful play, and I, it was on in the West End, and I went to see the play directed by a really talented director called Jeremy Heron and I thought he was fantastic in it you know and at that time a casting director said you should meet this guy yeah and it was almost in the same week that I saw the play and met him and he was amazing yeah. he's also a playwright and a screenwriter and an actor yeah you know, really talented guy he can do it all can't he, he can do it all because I was going to say you know the, the role he plays in Gorilla is worlds away or oh, is it from the guy he plays here David um, in Daphne it really is so he, he's clearly a very versatile actor oh he's fantastic he's and, great um, he's what, was, what was it like on set just a brilliant he's lovely you should maybe um, have a chat with him well I'd love that for your could... podcast if you can find because he lives in London so you know maybe you could catch up with him yeah I'd love to he's a lovely guy lovely lovely guy yeah he, do, he comes across well in Daphne he certainly came across as a really pleasant guy and, he is yeah I mean again that he isn't the character. No, but you can see... Yeah, but he is, you know, really, really great actor mm. and a really nice person. He's just not as... He's not the same as David. He yes. wasn't just being himself, if right, you yeah. see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a yeah. very subtle actor. Very good, very good actor. 
and um, Daphne is a film with a few themes running through it, and as well as the, you know, obvious struggle that she's going through, you know, and quite serious subjects that it touches on, like hard drug use, etc. There are a lot of light-hearted, funny moments, you know. So, so how how did you go about striking that balance between the the darker elements and also keeping it light? Was that difficult? Um, this was the the, the tone of the film. Uh, which has some dark stuff and light stuff too. It's part of, uh, I suppose, our worldview in terms of Nicole, the writer, Valentina and Tristan, the producer, and myself. We both have a, the worldview that it's yeah. light and dark. Yes. And we tried very hard to to make sure that the film didn't fall down on either side too much. Mm-hmm. We didn't want it to be too dark, and neither did we want it to be too light or frothy. And we thought, well, there's a sort of tightrope that you could walk yeah. quite carefully between yeah. those two things. And for us, that's kind of our worldview that, you know, something awful happens and then... you just got to get on with it, go to work. And you, have, you often laugh, you know, and... Well, th- that, that scene, when she, there's a scene in the film when she's on a bus and, oh, yeah. and a young woman gets on with a baby and... The brilliant Ruth Bradley. Yeah. Who you may recognise from a TV show called Humans. Do you know, I don't watch Humans, but Henry, who is also a member of our podcast watches that show yeah she's fantastic Irish actress Ruth Bradley she's extraordinary right. and she's done quite a few movies too yeah because she was it was only a five minute scene yeah but it's great. one of the ones that really stuck with me oh yeah yeah she's very very good yeah she's great and the baby's fantastic isn't he <laughs> yeah yeah couldn't take my eyes off it it's yeah. like lies darting around yeah 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 it was good fun to shoot that yeah and you've done a few Q&A screenings for the film around the country I know you've got one tonight here in Newcastle where we are yes we're in sunny Newcastle yeah. today <laughs> yeah well it wasn't too bad earlier yeah but the heavens have opened recently but what's the feedback you've gotten so far from these screenings and the general reaction is oh, it we've been so lucky the, the, the audiences tell me they really enjoy the film and afterwards at the Q&A's we do they ask great questions and we've been really lucky they've been very busy the, the screenings you know they've been full mm-hmm. and the questions have been great and the audiences seem to relate to the character very much and it's, it's amazing because there's a sort of wide sort of cross section of the public who seem to like her yeah, you know, and relate to her. Yeah, well, there's, I think I'm sure there's a lot of Daphne's out there. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone says they know one. You know. Yeah. Imagine you were that person. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, it is a very grounded film. It's a very human film, like you said earlier. And and going forward, are these the kind of films you'd like to keep on making? I love character films. Yeah. I love character films because they give a very particular viewpoint of the world. And what I suppose I'm interested in is people and their stories. You know, so I really like a mixture of drama and comedy. And I think they're so closely linked to each other. I'm really interested in exploring really good characters in the, the, the next um, yeah. pieces of work I do. So I'd like to carry on making um, movies about people that feel real. Yes, yeah. You know, I really like Nina Simone's quote. And she says, an artist's duty is to reflect the times. So I'm really quite, you know, I, I sort of want to make films about people that we see and, mm. and we know, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if I could carry on, if I'm lucky enough to carry on to be allowed to make films, then, you know, <laughs> I, I would certainly go down that route. Yeah. I love all sorts of films, though. Yeah. I don't just like one type, mm. you know? I'm the same, yeah. I've got very Catholic taste in, in my own uh, film going and... 
Netflix and mm. uh, you know streaming habits yeah. so I watch a wide wide range of things yeah. and well, I think it's healthy to have that mix me too I absolutely think it is and there's so many great movies that, that are out now you know you yeah. could see a different movie every day but go and see yours <laughs> yeah, go and see that. There's a plug. There's a plug. Go and see us. Yeah, it's, it's well, I think it's important to support um, British films. Absolutely, especially little ones. We've had some brilliant ones I'm, this year. Yeah, I mean, I was going to actually go onto that now. I mean, at film night, we do like to try and shine a bit of a light on on these smaller budget British independent films because you know, like I say, not many people might not see them, but. They are fantastic, some of them, and really hidden gems. But you know what I'd like to ask is, some people might not understand or quite appreciate some of the challenges that come with making independent films. So can you just maybe try and describe what it's like trying to pull a film like this together? Because I'm sure it's rather different to trying to do it in Hollywood when you've got hundreds of millions behind you. Well, if, I suppose, if you use a visual metaphor of, if, um, say, Captain America is like a, an ocean-going liner. We're like a rowing boat <laughs> <laughs> beside yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And we're trying to get to the same place, you know, we're trying to get to the cinemas and mm. have audiences come to see us. Yeah. And you can imagine being in the wake of one of those... Competing with them. ...huge beasts, you know? They are, aren't they? Yeah, and they're great. And sometimes I, I really enjoy seeing a big, spectacular movie, yeah. you know? But often... I want to see smaller, more interesting mm. films too, mm. you know? I like to mix it up, but my own taste is character movies, yes. yeah. you know? Because I, I want to know how people live their lives. Mm. I suppose I'm quite nosy yeah. in that sense, you know? Yeah. So the trials of making British independent film, well, there's always been trials making it, but I think it's really important that in our cinema culture, we have films made for our audience mm. by people from here yeah. so we see our world reflected in the cinema yeah. made art yeah. I mean it would be awful it would be beyond words if, if, if we only watched big studio movies yeah. Yeah. and they squeezed out independent mm. cinema altogether I mean for me that's like um, well, it's like eating a McDonald's meal every day yeah and some people want to do that but I think in the long run it's probably not very healthy no you know? You're absolutely right. And I think I think there are so many great ones out there. And I don't know if it's people are starting to take a bit more notice now, but there does we do seem to be in a bit of a golden age almost of Sure, the in, last few years have been some fantastic yeah. British films, some really, really great ones. I I mean this year I've seen The Leveling, which I thought was brilliant mm. by Hope Dixon Leach. Um, I saw Lady Macbeth, God's Own Country. That's on my watch list, Lady Macbeth. I've yeah. heard a lot of great things. These are really great films, and they're they're all first mm. feature films, and they're all British yeah. films, you know, made by people here and punching above their weight, getting out there yeah. around the world, you Finding know. Finding audiences in America yeah. or everywhere. Yeah, not only here but at home. So I think, yeah, if the Americans can give us studio movies, then yeah. we're not quite competing at that level, obviously, but you know, if we can promote British culture and mm. Irish culture abroad yeah. and in Europe especially, you know, yeah. I suppose I'm probably more interested in European cinema than, than American cinema, but if we can get our films out there, then, mm. you know, that's good for everyone, good for the economy, good for the artists, you know, good for the, the, the cinematic culture. Yeah, because there is so much talent within independent cinema, but it's just about 
you know people seeing it yeah absolutely and I think what happens is people don't really look out not everyone some people do there's mm. a very loyal and great cinema audience for British films but I would say if you only go to watch American movies why not take a chance every now and again yeah exactly yeah. just push the boat out yeah go and see Daphne it's, it's brilliant and <laughs> great I agree <laughs> and slightly going away from Daphne just for a brief moment you know there might be some young people listening perhaps who want to get into filmmaking or sure. or, or dream of one day directing their own film you know what would be your one piece of advice for them if you could pick one start making films just go for it well yeah but use your phone you can make a movie on your phone everyone's got a camera yeah Everyone can edit on their phone. Everyone, the software is available. You know, the quality of the image on, on mobile phones now is superb. Yeah. I would say if you want to make one, then just start making lots of little films on your phone and cutting them. And practice. Practice. Practice makes perfect. And keep going. You know, you'll make one that might be not great, and then the next one will be a bit better, and the next one a bit better after that. And you'll find that the learning curve for making films is really quite steep. And mm. quick. Absolutely, yeah. So just get out there and start doing it. And growing up, you mentioned some influences. Who were your sort of film heroes and idols as a young boy? Oh, man. I, my film idols are heroes. So many. So many. I really like um, the American New Wave, which were films, independent cinema in America in the early 70s. You know, those movies I'm big big fan of I like the French New Wave mm. you know I like Goddard very much but you know huge taste in movies I really like American director called Cassavetes I really love um, Mike Lee from this country he's an extraordinary director and I like um, a Hong Kong director called Wong Kar Wai who made a great movie you should check out called In the Mood for Love wonderful movie hmm. yeah I like loads Jim Jarmusch I love yeah, you know, is he the one? Did he do um, Patterson recently? Yeah, yeah. Still haven't seen that. Oh, you must watch Patterson. He's a great director. I love the Finnish director Kurismaki. I love. Oh, honestly, so All many. All over the world. So many. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah. You know, cinema is a great culture, and I suppose it's a universal language. Cinema isn't it? You know. Well, that's the other thing. You know, some people might be put off by the idea of going to a film and having to read subtitles for an hour and a half, but. You get used to that, and, and some of the foreign film, foreign language films are just unbelievable, aren't they? Well, I think the you can pretty much tell in a movie what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm. we've watched so many movies, and I think the dialogue in a movie is often it's important, but you can still tell what's going on. You know, maybe about 70 or 80%, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's it's, true. It's a visual medium, you know, so you can see in people's faces how they feel. <laughs> yeah. and what they're doing yeah. Yeah. you know so I suppose if you haven't gone to watch movies with subtitles then there might be something that put, that will put you off but I'd say really try it and then you realise mm. oh my goodness they're great yeah. it's like a treasure trove out yeah. there you know and it would just open an, an entire new absolutely. world absolutely and there's so many available it's still on DVD and, and, and shops or online that you can get mm. really cheaply but very cheap yeah it's, a, it's an extraordinary world if, you, if you're into cinema and you want to broaden your knowledge or have some great thrills and spells watch foreign cinema because you know? they're not all going to be you know, masterpieces but the amount of gems you'll come across well the thing is the ones that we get to see here are normally good you know, well, we, we are lucky yeah. yeah so they've been selected you know and 
they think there's an audience for them overseas, so they're selling them. So we only really get the best ones, you know, yeah. from everywhere the ones that people want mm. and they think will sell. So I would say take a chance. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's ninety minutes. Yeah, exactly. You know, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> exactly. What else? <laughs> yeah, we're actually quite lucky um, near us. There's a it's called the Filed Film Society, and they show world cinema, oh, independent cinema. Um, there's a they do it in seasons, so there's about ten a season. And so it's, it's pretty good. It's fortnightly, so it's a great thing to do on a Monday night, and we love it. And yeah, yeah. some of the films we've seen, we forty five years we saw there. Oh yeah, well forty five years was made by the bureau. Was it? Oh, and produced right. by Tristan, and they made Daphne. Yes, okay. there's a link there. That was it's just, the same company, same producer. It was just a brilliant film. I loved it. Yeah, it's an extraordinary film. So just lastly, then I should look out for his new film. It's coming out next year. It's called Lean on Pete. Okay. The director Another Andrew Hay. Come yeah. on, I'm glad I'm recording this. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot to keep an eye out for. So just lastly, have you got any exciting future plans you can reveal or is it I, I can't reveal anything exciting at the moment other than we're working on something. Ah. I can't say any more than that at the moment. Well that's enough for us. <laughs> um, Stay tuned that if we get something we'll let you know. Oh thank you. <laughs> An exclusive for film night maybe. There you go. So thank you, Peter. Um, really appreciate your time today. I thought Daphne was brilliant, a wonderful film, very memorable performances. It's in cinemas right now. Go and see it, people. Support British cinema, that's the main thing. Great, please do. Peter, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Well, there you go. What a lovely chap. It was fantastic to be able to do that, and we really appreciate his time. Make sure you do check out Daphne. It's out right now. If you liked the interview, then please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at filmnight underscore, check out our other content, we've got loads of full episodes on there for you to enjoy, and yeah, hopefully we can bring you more interviews very soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>